Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from the 2010s. I'm Jack Traper. With me is the guy who's forming a team to pull off a heist in South Africa with former exiting guests. It's Claire Williams. South Africa? I mean, sure. I meant to say South America. Oh my God. I mean, all the Nelson Mandela. If that's where the if that's where the money is, I mean, I'll I tried to. Don't don't. I'll you know. I'll. I just made that up. Don't worry about it. You know, I made that up as a Woody intro, but who would you choose? Like, okay, you got yourself now. Like, who are the four other? Do I need to get a pilot? Because that's going to limit my options. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get Matt Damon. (laughs) (laughs) this movie sucks yeah this movie sucks a poster of of invictus um that's that's awesome i i don't know man i i would have to i feel like i don't know anyone who even has any of the kind of skills well my girlfriend's really good with a bow and arrow so there's that and she actually has a collection of knives okay so i'm bringing my girlfriend um Yeah, because you need to I think the weapon. Right? I think that's at least she has more of the things to get a heist done than any other person I know. Um, after that, man, it's a it's a hit or miss. I don't think I'm pulling this one off. But the, you know what's the thing? The funny thing is, anytime I watch these heist movies, I'm just like, just grab a bag and go. Like how much money? Like really? Like legitimately? Yeah. I just like see like just grab like a whole bunch of it and then just leave. I would be so I, content with like a twentieth of what they fraction get. of right exactly. That's literally what they end up with, though. That's yeah, the thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a million bucks that each. With like that's all of them alive. Crazy. Yeah, I would have. I because I yeah I was just when I see all that money, I'm just like, okay, just give me like five stacks, and I'm like good. Like I don't like how much yeah. money do you really need at that point. Like you've we've already made profit here. There's just no real reason just to. It's really funny. I could, I think about that every heist movie. Anytime I see like a room full of so much money, I'm just like, literally, get me a backpack and I'm set. And I'll I know. Just leave. I I I think I would be just not a very good criminal. I'll just be guys, guys, guys. No. We got we are we got this much. Let's let's bounce. I think we're set. We're all set. There's no yeah. more. Yeah, we we're fine. Leave. No, no, no. Stop. <laughs> you would be the one that would be like, no, guys, stop grabbing the money. We're fine. Really? Let's go. Like, stop the count. Literally stop the count. Stop it. <laughs> Literally stop it. Yeah. It's a new version of stop the count. Like, anytime uh, that like, are we going to really leave $15 million here? <laughs> Dude, that means we have $100 yes. million more dollars. I'm okay with letting 50 go. Yeah, this literally can make you a better real estate agent. Like, let's fucking get beat it. I like, can't. <laughs> There's a liar in you. He does it. He's like, I can't sell a condo for my fucking life. It's, <laughs> it's so You just look very sad. This is in the middle of sad effect time, and we'll we'll get into oh it. Oh my god. Uh, you could say this is big. Well, okay, today, we'll, yes, like said, we'll get into it. <laughs> we'll have we have with us triple frontier. Uh, and with us today to talk all about it, it's Jillian. How you doing, Jillian? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, very, very I, well. Um, th- this was all my idea. Yes, <laughs> we love this. We love. No, seriously, it's been like I can't think of a handful of times when someone has has become so passionate about a film that they come to us directly uh, to claim 
their title for it to talk about it on here. Uh, well, we- I was I was looking through like all of the films you have covered, and I was like, "What is a film I could talk about?" Right. And then it hit me, <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, you, I, I, "A duffel bag full of money hit you on the head, and it came to you." <laughs> mm-hmm. Light bulb. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Ding. Uh, before we get into all things proper about the movie, Zero and Triple Frontier. Uh, something we like to get to know about all of our guests that have been on the show for the first time. How you fell in with the films? Uh, if you can think of any formative films that you that Ooh. that like spring to mind about your origin that, story that with you... film with movies. Well, um, I so it was a bit of a get slow to know you. burn. What's a fun fact about you? Yeah. This is your get to know. You. <laughs> um, for me, it was a bit of a slow burn within my life to get into film um i'd always loved film you know um when i was a kid i watched i i was like i i have a sister who when i was a kid she was in high school so like it wasn't like we were hanging out a lot you know so um i spent a lot of time on my own and i spent a lot of time watching uh, VHSs as a kid and basically I would rewatch a lot of stuff that like I just basically had access to and so um, there were a lot of really weird films that I watched a lot as a kid that is like I used to watch Little Miss Sunshine on repeat I used to watch the movie Connie and Carla do you guys What's know the on? movie Connie so it's uh, Nina Vardalis from My Big Fat Greek Wedding and Tony Collette. Okay, so they're these they're they're these two women who work in like um kind of like a a what do you call it like a a dinner show kind of thing like you know and like you go like kind of like like a cabaret kind of style like where oh, it's like. Not like burlesque, I would say. Kind of like like it's a bunch of different show tunes I got and you. stuff like I got that. You. I got it's, you. Um, but it, so they witness a murder, <laughs> oh. and they have to uh, go into hiding um, because they're scared for their lives or whatever. And so they they run away to L.A. and. Because it's like the one place where like there's no dinner theater mm. at all. There's like nothing, you know, like nothing when it comes to that sort of style of entertainment, you know. And um, so they they go and uh, they find themselves at a gay bar and mm. they as one does. They, um, especially in LA, um, but they, um, I've seen this movie so many times. I'm like reliving it in my head. <laughs> um, they um, see these drag queens performing, and um, and then Nina Vardalis gets the idea that because they're trying to find work 
you know, so they can like get a like pay their rent and stuff like that because they got an apartment and all this kind of stuff. Mm. And uh, they get this idea that they will because basically at the bar that they're at, um, there's like a a big like show actor or whatever that is like moving to New York or whatever. And so there's an open space or whatever. And so they decide to pretend to be drag queens and audition. And they and instead of lip syncing, they actually sing or whatever. But how old were you uh, when you were watching this film? Like eight. <laughs> I was I like the thing is is that is that if you're a maritimer in Canada, you have watched my big fat Greek wedding multiple times. Multiple times. Maritimer? It is yeah, Maritimer is like uh PEI, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia, okay, Newfoundland. Gotcha. It's it's like the east coast of Canada. Gotcha. It's called the Maritimes. Um that makes sense. Uh, but uh so mm. it's like a classic when it comes to like any I, I don't know why. It just is. Um, but so Connie and Carla, it, it's written by Nina Vardolis. And um, I think it's, it's like a very gentle movie because um, the secondary character is this drag queen whose brother is played by David Duchovny. Again, mm. who is in the bubble with Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal. <laughs> but uh so so Nina Vardalis is like is like um I have a crush on David Duchovny or whatever and she finds out it's um it that he's the brother of one of the drag queens who works at the bar and it, he has like um a very tumultuous relationship with his brother because he basically got kicked out of his house because like they found out that he was cross-dressing and stuff like that it's i in my opinion i think it's a very sweet movie about like kind of like how drag can be like very impactful and stuff like that i think like it was made in like I think 2003, 2002, some around that time. So, like, there are parts that have not aged well in it, but mm -hmm. like, it has a very sweet ending. They're like, and I, I don't know. I just think it's like it's it's weirdly like, and and there's also a side plot where um one of the guys that like works for like the gang of like the people. That that killed the person uh that they witnessed the murder of he um he he ends up like traveling around the country going to a bunch of different dinner theaters to try to find them connie and carla also tony collette gives like an amazing performance in it like literally there are two films where she cries in a car the sixth sense and Connie and Carla. Mm. Um, like big, big climactic scenes where she cries in a car. <laughs> it's very what every actor prepares for. Yes. Yeah. Um, but uh um 
so the this like henchman or whatever he he goes around and sees a bunch of different dinner theaters and he like gets really into it like he's like he's like i got tickets to to hairspray i can't wait (laughs) (laughs) oh i'm gonna go see um mame (laughs) and it's like so this movie and little miss sunshine was the origin of your love for film well, I I don't know. There were just like films that I really liked as a kid, mm-hmm. and I I really loved. I was also I was also a big fan of like Pixar films, is, is right. specifically like the Toy Story films, right. The Incredibles, mm-hmm. and right. uh, Finding Nemo. I mm-hmm. and when I was a little kid, I would watch a lot of behind the scenes features on DVDs, especially because that was the prime for it, right. and I, I learned a lot about filmmaking and the way that like films are made and stuff like that through that. And I still like, I think behind the scene, I think that behind the scenes featurettes are like dying, you know, especially mm. because Absolutely. I grew up, I grew up in the time of like Lord of the Rings eight hour, like right. behind the scenes featurette. It's like, it's like insane. Well, Star Wars prequels had like hour 30 minute documentaries for all of them. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, no, there was like films made about behind the futures. Like there was a film yeah. that came with the other film. Mm-hmm. Um no, that yeah, that I completely agree with that. Yeah. And, and so and so that was kind of like how I kind of, but the the main the main proponent I would say is that I met my my roommate and my best friend Cody and um and they were the the person who really got me into film. I had never really been into action films um, before mm. I had met Cody. Um, I kind of like was dismissive of them, um, mm. um, especially especially when I was like in high school. I was like, oh, like they can't actually be art. Now look at me, like I'm literally on a <laughs> podcast talking about Triple Frontier, um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Um, but like, like, uh, like me when I was 16, I could not imagine myself watching a Fast and Furious movie. I've seen all of them. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's like seen all of them multiple times. I cried during Tokyo Drift. Like, it's. I can relate to that. It's maybe yeah. it's not always just action specifically, but more just genres that I wouldn't that I wouldn't prioritize yeah. as much as others because it really does take someone else to to tell you about subtext or to tell you about hidden yeah. meanings. And I yeah. I find like I find that really um like I, wasn't... I, I find that essential because like you just need you just need someone to tell you something that that would click with a genre for you. Yeah. And and also I would say too is that is that that was like really like the gateway drug into me really loving film because um as because I'm an actor. <laughs> I'm not sure if I mentioned that before. Um, I'm an a- actor. And so I I appreciate anything like physical, you know, um, because I know how much like hard work that takes or whatever. Action filmmaking was like learning about the way that things are set up and stuff like that. Like would definitely say that like tom cruise is a huge reason for this of like 
knowing the work that goes behind like these big stunts and stuff like that it's mind-blowing and it gives you a bigger appreciation for cinema and um just you know stunt stunt people in general um you know just they're the best they're the best i um i was i got to talk to um god i forget his name but i got to talk to one of the stunt people who worked on an austin powers gold member and like and like the opening which tom cruise is in yes yes um but I can't remember the other films that this guy made, but I got to talk to him on like a zoom call for this like movie club. I was a part of, uh, it was Mike, Mike Myers movie club or whatever. And, um, and like talking to him really got me like appreciative. Yeah. And, um, also another thing too, I would have to say is like me getting into foreign film is a huge thing. And also, like, you know, like, seeing Margaret for the first time. Mm. Margaret is my favorite film of all time, for context. Seeing Margaret for the first time was life-changing. Life-changing. Like, it literally gave me a whole new perspective on film. And, um, and, then, and then around the same time I saw Margaret... Um, I saw in the cut for the first time, which is my second favorite film of all time in the cut. Mm -hmm. I just, I just went through a Rolling Stone list of the 50 best erotic thrillers of all time. And they had in the cut at 10 and they had wild things at number five. (laughs) Rolling Stone lists are awful. Yeah, but anyways, that's my yeah. that's my story <laughs> on <laughs> film. I guess <laughs> I really I find it so fascinating that you brought up the whole physical part of acting because I've been think I, I think about that much more than I, I in the last like two years that I have like ever because um, that's also like that's when I've taken the action genre really seriously and I've watched as many things as I possibly could. Mm-hmm. Um, but my, it's funny though. It's like action and comedy are the two ones that require physical acting, and that is mm. necessary to pretty much any real to any for those movies to be effective is for like good physical acting. Yeah, it's not gonna be that funny if you can't embody the. And it's not even that it needs to be slapstick or whatever. You just need your physicality is a part of the joke. Um, yeah, I think, and I think when people ask when people ask me, what do you mean by physical acting or like what, what physicality, what does that mean? I'm like, well, there's two examples. You could either look at Keanu Reeves in the John Wick movies or any Keanu Reeves film in general, or you could look at Vincent D'Onofrio in men in black. Mm. Mm. Those, and, and, you know, obviously you go back to Buster Keaton and stuff, but the thing, but like, those are the two like move, like those are the two performances that I think will translate most like to a modern audience uh, even yeah. though I think Buster Keaton is obviously, you know, Buster Keaton, Tom Cruise, those guys, Jackie Chan, those are the guys that like, you know, well, are the trailblazers it, of physical acting. It's actually interesting that you bring up comedy because I, um, 
I watched an interview with uh, Jennifer Lawrence when she was doing the press junket for No Hard Feelings. Right. And she's a really big fan of like comedy films or whatever. And she was talking about um, how she had like a binder full of notes um, from just watching like Adam McKay comedy films, you know? Interesting. Which, yeah. And so like, I think, I think, like I love No Hard Feelings. Like it, it, that is one of my favorite performances of the year, and and most of it is because her physicality is so interesting and so weird. And like I don't know, it's nice to see weird girls on screen again. You know, it's huh. been a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, past guests Veronica Phillips coined girl perverts as the subgenre of characterizations mm. uh, and it hasn't, and I haven't, I'll have to get to no hard feelings soon. Cause I feel like that there's a return on appreciation for that movie quickly happening with it being mm. on Netflix in the U S and it's, it it's interesting too. to That's see. Right. What's up? It made money, right? It was like, yes. I think it was a moderate hit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well um, compare, but, but for a comedy nowadays, that's yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's a, that's true. That's true. But it's um, it is one of those things also where where there's just like it's great that we have something like no hard feelings that will embrace all these things and Lawrence will have all these ideas with it because it's just who's gonna make that? Yeah, it's like it, it like it, yeah, it, it it's weird it that it even genuinely... went to theaters also like, but yeah, it gen which uh, it genuinely like reminds me of like what's up doc. You know, like mm-hmm. it, it, oh, really? it, yeah. it, it's, yeah, wow. no, like I think I love, I love, 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 love. And I think I'm glad yeah, that everybody, yeah, I, I'm glad that everybody has also gotten back on the Jennifer Lawrence train because her performance in the Hunger Games Catching Fire is, again, a seminal performance within my life. I saw right, that in course. theaters. Because I was a huge Hunger Games fan in 2015, like any woman my age at the time. Um, And I saw that performance and it changed me. And it like, it's so impactful. And, um, And it's strange because she's very inconsistent at points (laughs) jennifer lawrence she could be bad in things Mm. especially if it's a david or russell film i was gonna i I didn't want to say i I didn't want to say the word (laughs) yeah i think to be fair i think most actors are inconsistently uh locked in with with david russell's direction i think she's low-key embarrassing in silver linings playbook i think that's like a really there's no good performances in that film yeah uh bradley cooper Mm, i've heard i've heard i've heard a lot of people say that and that's one of those things where i'm not it's like i'm not gonna touch that oh yeah i I just dislike that movie a lot but i think yeah i I think cooper approaches it with a lot of empathy but i think her i think her and de niro are like legit awful yeah and i'm seeing here um you won an academy award for uh for that performance uh uh, because she's just so quirky um well 
but also I just want to, I just, I started thinking about Bradley Cooper. Um, and I, I need <laughs> I, to when, mention, when do, we when do we I, I, I just, I just need to mention something. Okay. Uh, a couple months ago, I watched the, the, the unrated director's cut of the movie limitless, which is a five-star film legitimately. Mm-hmm. The first, the, uh, I was trying to guess what collab. movie you were going to say. I'm like, well, okay. Un, uh, unrated cut. Okay. Was that <laughs> wedding crashers, a hangover? I like what would be yeah. unrated? And then limitless was not one of the things I was trying to think of. Yeah. Also, also, um, uh, the TV show jury duty, uh, just, just a quick sidebar. The TV show jury duty had me like i was like i was like i gotta watch the movie sex drive now don't it's bad it's bad it's bad marsden movie yes he says so many homophobic slurs (laughs) yeah that'll that'll do it that'll do it but it's 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 it is isn't it like kind of recent it came out in like 2009 it oh, has a uh, it has a very d train yeah it has it has a very infamous uh unrated cut because basically the unrated cut is the directors and the director of it is sean anders who, who directed the movie daddy's home 2 which is one of the funniest movies of all time um legitimately i love it so much it's 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 troubling but i love it so much anyways but uh it is so bad it is so bad i don't recommend it but anyways limitless um in the unrated director's cut or the director's cut i don't it's a different cut than the than the theatrical cut you see boobies in it oh of course of course and and that was a big deal for me (laughs) Isn't that so funny where it's like, well, you, because it makes me question, well, did you think this was what, were you making a PG-13 movie or an R-rated movie? Because I, you always hear that and you're just like, was that just up in the air? Because everyone knows you can't show boobs in PG-13. So I'm like, what was, did you, were you well, still like moving on whether it was going to be R or PG-13? But that happens so often. The well, MPA like, is stupid. That could also be like, oh no, we can't well, do that, but we can do this. There's the movie Kangaroo Jack. Yes. You know the story? No, I don't. I know it has Anthony Anderson in it. That's all I got. Okay. The story. Okay. So the story behind Kangaroo Jack was that that film. Yes. That film was originally going to be an R-rated comedy. Oh, this reminds. Okay. I think this. I I think I remember. So it was a. It was basically filmed as an R-rated comedy. Right. And then the studio was like, nah, let's we get a family film. And they changed it in the edit. And you can tell. <laughs> right. Bad. Yeah. But with Limitless, it's just like that's so funny to me. It's just like, did like that seems like such a like, okay, we know what we're making. Like, why but that's just that's just funny to me. Speaking of, and just to backtrack a little bit, speaking of physical performances. Uh, and we'll get into like you know our introduction of you know our, our uh, relationship with the movie Triple Frontier, but I think this film Triple Frontier 
I think in, in all real like military films in a way, like the physicality of the actors is very important, especially if they're like mm. an elite squad, because you have to, sh- and you know, all these actors train so hard to like kind of have that come through in their performance, but you really have to show that because if you look like you're moving loosey goosey or you like kind of don't know what you're doing or like they, they just gave you a gun and it's like, all right, hit this mark. It's going to be obvious and it's not going to really make you feel like they're, you know, you you have to embody that character with such physicality because every movement has to be precise and purposeful, or you're going to be like, Oh, you're just some random grunt, not like one of the best. And I think them, when they decide to leave the house, and start like you know going through all those cartel guys when they decide to actually go guns blazing i think that shows that level of like intense purpose and forceful and purposeful movement in each step they take what corners they take when they raise their gun when the other person takes uh um, cuts across them from the side that kind of thing that's where those that training and that kind of level of physicality dedication to the character comes through it happens with all the john yeah. Wick movies you see all the intense training keanu and others did uh and like rena um Sawana, um with you see the training video she had to take for even a role it was like a decent size but it, again she wasn't john wick like she was in like a portion of the film and still had to take incredible training for that entire sequence seat that she had in the John Wick movie and not saying John Wick's the only thing to show but every but I think those training videos are the ones people watch a lot because it's just so tactical um and it mm. happens with all of these like military special forces films and I think that physicality yeah. that people don't even think about like again we talked about the physical comedy Vincent D'Onofrio is moving like every single second he's on screen he's making some weird jerk or whatever and you know in john and john uh in john and keanu reeves and all of his movies like he's going through a lot of different stunts and a lot of different fight scenes when it's just walking or sweeping through a room you still you you do have to like show that level of intent and that intent attention to detail or it's going to look not real and it's going to take you out of the film um so Mm. I, i think I, I think that like I always think about that when um, I'm watching like these like special forces movies now because they do I know how much training these guys take in order to feel like it's a like they want to make sure they honor the character they're given and you know and sometimes it can be mm-hmm. like oh I want to you know honor all the soldiers who came before me okay dude you're an actor chill out but I do think but that like level of authenticity to the character I think is really important. Um, yeah so it, that just that idea of physicality just like when yeah. we were talking about that i just connected it with film and i think it's really important it's i think it's also important it, it's just like like a uh an excellently cast uh group of boys like all of them are above 30 and it gives them that like ruggedness and they all look tired and exhausted and out of a will to live and because of that their bodies move slower their trust is weaker they have less of of this urge to to have conflict that actually is pointless but actually their conflict means more uh to each of them this is uh, this is everything i want in a man okay they don't cast anyone um, in their 20s and it really makes a difference yeah That's i like mean the young youngest shot or whatever. the young yeah, the youngest one is Garrett Hedlund. Yeah, and yeah like, by far. I would, I did, yeah, and I would yeah. say, I would say another thing about the physicality within the actors is that also, um, 
the way they move and the the decisions they make uh, as characters, and especially pertaining to violence, is like directly linked to how the character would do these things. I, I rewatched this last night at like one in the morning. Um, oh, we heard. Yes, and um, and I was I was going, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was, you know, like I. There's a primal thing that comes out of me, uh, whenever I watch. Um, this is. I will say, I will say this. This I think, I think Triple Frontier is the closest a film has ever gotten to sorcerer levels of distressing, like. Mm. I would compare the two so easily because they are very similar films. They're both about like these long, desperate treks through mm-hmm. the like the jungle and the murkiness and like all these things. And like it's insane. It's crazy. And I guess I guess I think I should give some context into why I love this film so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead with like yeah. Movie, yeah. So I, I actually hadn't seen it before, just to get me out of the way. I this is the first time that I, I I've seen it. What? And, uh, I it escaped by me. I always known of it. I already I always knew of the cast. Um, I knew that it was like military black ops type of deal. But what I didn't know, and then I'll let you go. I had no idea this was a heist. Um, yeah and i was like oh (laughs) this is fun and then um i completely agree but i actually have never seen sorcerer but i've seen the original wages of fear and i agree that is it's very much the same vibes i know i know i know sorcerer is the remake of the wages of fear which i have not seen i trade off we should trade off i i have i actually i never saw sorcerer until the news of William freaking passing and William freaking has made some of my all-time favorite films cruising but literally I was watching Sorcerer I was like this is just like Triple Frontier (laughs) um so yeah um so Logan my boyfriend who has been on this podcast before Mm -hmm. um uh this is all Logan's fault okay so he he's a gamer he played the video game the last of us and he Mm -hmm. was like i want to watch the tv show adaptation i kind of you know i was like you know what it's craig mason i like chernobyl you know i'll go into it i'm looking at this man (laughs) oh yeah i'm looking at pedro pascal and i'm like this man fine as hell <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, he's given this like amazing performance, like s- subdued. He's like physically holding things, like like it's like he's constipated in his soul. And you could very much say the same thing for his performance in Triple Frontier. Um, mm. But uh, I was just. I was interested in this man. I was like, oh yeah, he was on Game of Thrones. You know, I was like, I've watched Game Narcos. of Thrones. I didn't watch Narcos until um, 
this hyperfixation. So there's two hot boys in that one. You got Boyd yeah. Holbrook and Pedro Pascal. Did, two sexy, hey, sexy boys. Hey, you know what? You know what is technically a narcos reunion? The 2020 oh. film directed by Robert Rodriguez, We Can Be Heroes. <laughs> I'm not They're, seeing that. Is Boyd you, in that? Yes. Boyd oh and wow. Pedro are in it. <laughs> I just read a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic last night because I'm I'm a boss who does boss shit. Um, but the foreword was done by Robert Rodriguez. Like he wrote like oh. an introduction to like the the collected graphic novel, and That's it's funny. all about like basically how much he loves the TMNT and his children love it, and how he loves the comics. He's a great dude. He's like he he, he just shows up in places you're just like oh, yeah, yeah Rodriguez. I mm-hmm. I recently rewatched Spy Kids and like good film, good motion picture. That that I'm pretty sure that film made me bisexual. Like looking back mm. on it, especially especially with the context of um, Tie Me Up, Tie Me Down is one of my like current all time favorite films directed by Pedro yeah, Almodar. Um, great film, and the main reason why. I- I love it is because I think Antonio Banderas is really, really hot. Um, no, and you think? Yeah, I don't know. Oh. He's kind of an uggo, don't you think? No, <laughs> him. I love it. There are multiple films. Uggo. There are multiple films where he wears like m- m- fake mustaches. Okay, uh-huh. Spy Kids. Time me up, time me down. <laughs> he loves a disguise. There, he yeah. loves a disguise. I was watching The Last of Us, and and i was like okay and then i was on tumblr because i still use tumblr because i've been using tumblr since 2011 um yeah stop now i was going on tumblr and on my dashboard i see a couple gif sets and i'm like "Mm, this man's nice looking and i'm like let me dabble let me dabble I, I'd seen his performance in Beale Street Could Talk. Oh, very small performance. Yeah, very small performance, but it's very, very good. Um, and I had seen, you know, a couple of things here or there, but I was like, I want to watch Triple Frontier. I, I was obsessed. Mm. One, one. Has Oscar Isaac in it and Pedro Pascal. Okay, okay, we got we got that going. Okay, um, most of like the real the life first... romance. Yeah, no, they love each other. They're, yeah. they're best friends. Um, yes. but they uh, should kiss. I don't know why they haven't kissed yet. They should kiss. I don't know. They... Like, what? What do you? I mean, I think they just because it's not a friends, camera doesn't but... mean it hasn't happened. I mean, they just yeah. need a kiss in front of us. I don't know what else. I I don't know what else to say. They just need a kiss. Yeah. Um so I was like, okay. And then I love Garrett Headland. I'm a big fan of Tron Legacy, especially because my boyfriend loves it. And also because yes. I had a uh, yes, and also I had an Olivia Wilde hyperfixation. So last I mean, year. who doesn't? <laughs> who doesn't? That's uh, you didn't have it like me. Okay. Whoa. You did not have it like me. Okay. I okay. 
when the don't worry darling stuff happened i was living i loved it i thought it was the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life i still do the one year anniversary of harry Styles saying it's like a movie or whatever that came up recently and i was living for it do you know how much you how much you were obsessed with that movie me and Jack heard about it through Logan. <laughs> like, that's how much we were obsessed with that movie. We heard it from a second source. From what? Uh, Don't Worry Darling? Yeah, we heard, like... Oh, we, yeah. We, like, yeah, like, we heard it yeah. from a second source. We knew how obsessed... So, like, yeah, that's how obsessed so, we were. so me and Logan saw Don't Worry Darling and Blonde in a double feature in theaters. That was a life-changing double feature. That does um me and logan are like big proponents of blonde we love that film we're big andrew dominic heads i have not seen Um, it so i don't have an opinion on it and that's on purpose i've been reading the book it's fantastic um but anyways i'm gonna go back to pedro pascal anyways so i and then so i i see some things on tumblr and then my TikTok for you page, Pedro Pascal edits. And nowadays it's gotten to the point where I think there's an art to like fan cams. And like, oh, absolutely. it's like, anything. It's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes I'll see a really good fan cam and like something primal comes out of me and I'll start screaming. But no. so, so triple frontier was like the first movie I watched as part of my Pedro like hyperfixation, and it kind of unraveled from there. Like, I watched the bubble, I watched blood sucking bastards. Have you guys seen that film? It sucks. Blood sucking bastards. It's this like like dark comedy thing that he was in where he plays like the villain that's like a vampire or whatever. I was gonna say it had to be vampirism in it. Yeah, it's it's the bad. Bubble. Oh my god. The bubble? Okay. I have a hot take with the bubble. No, I, think... I no, no, no. Wait, I was don't that hate right... it. Was that right, uh, man? I don't. No. That was no. Judd Apatow. Uh, Judd Apatow. Okay. I I don't, that. No. I don't hate it. I don't I haven't seen like, it, but I'm anti-Apatow, I've... so I don't know. Oh wow. I I wow. You're not on the funny people train, huh? <laughs> like, I don't think the movies he's made are, like, the worst. I just dislike the vibe, I guess. Okay, sure, yeah. that makes sense. I get that. Yeah. Um, But, uh, yeah, so I've seen 15 Pedro Pascal films. Recently, he was in Strange Way of Life. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro Almodar short. Yeah. Amazing film. Amazing film. I yeah. cried my eyes out. I saw I saw this I saw this edit on TikTok of Pedro in that film um set to the song Cowboy Like Me by Taylor Swift. Oh, and I started crying. <laughs> <sighs> but anyways, so I became really obsessed with Triple Frontier. Like and I kept on being like I'm sad. I want to watch Triple Frontier. I want to watch Triple Frontier. Like it became my whole personality, like most films that I love do. And so, and 
I I take this film seriously. Like I do think I do think like there's something very interesting about this film that like like there's something very interesting about it in the sense of it kind of explores this like male archetype of like you know a man who has been through a lot of shit you know and just keeps on going for like some sort of reason for family for you know some sort of like each character has different like motivations towards on why they're doing this heist or whatever Mm -hmm. and i think i think and i'm i've always i think especially as a woman as somebody who has never experienced that like firsthand there is something ultimately so fascinating about how a lot of men like are very comfortable with like you know pushing themselves to the brink or being like or just going into like pure like debauchery you know um like one of my like most like favorite like kind of like messed up films or whatever about like men just like going into like kind of like setting back into evolution basically is the movie wake and fright which is like the great one of the craziest films i've ever seen um made by a canadian filmmaker by the way yes um yeah ted kotchev yeah yeah um but it's like i just think there is something so interesting about it because like it's just it's it's the complete opposite of my experience of what i've lived through and and especially because like i i have been through like a lot of stuff that men have caused um that is like hard and blah 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 blah. i'm not gonna get into it you know but like there's just something really really interesting about films about like kind of violence that is caused mm. by these types of men because it's like it's like, like they're kind of I don't know there's like it's like all of these men because of like of the this this team of, of guys of dudes um they're all like people who have seen done stuff who've seen shit who have you know gone through so much and we don't and the thing is is that we don't see the stuff they've done before but we can see it on their face when they're like doing this and they're like killing people and they're like they're like makes it a better movie yeah yeah it's like it's it's so ultimately interesting to me and i can't wait for triple frontier 2 <laughs> we'll get into that that's not but... gonna happen is it <laughs> yes it is there was flirting as... with it at least no yeah. no it's um... happening as soon as like the seg actress strike yeah. is over it's pretty much happening oh um, really yeah. with jc yeah. yeah with chandor yeah. okay yeah i thought he was okay he doesn't need to do reshoots on craven everyone's upcoming everyone's <laughs> lovely upcoming movie that everyone can't wait for craven yeah. Craven. Oh, I can't uh, wait for it because sure, I'm just yeah. ultimately fascinated by Aaron Taylor Johnson. Of course. He's so interesting. <laughs> he's the he's the thinking man's Charlie Hunnam. Uh or, exactly. or no. 
<laughs> I, I forget who whose letterbox review it was. It was like uh Charlie Hunnam is the thinking man's Henry Cavill. That was that was good, but you know, do it that way you will. Um, but it also reminds me of the reason why Mark Ball was was the screenwriter to tap to tap into this as he's written like the late period Catherine Bigelow stuff. And um, Bigelow's a producer on this too, which I of found course, like, Oh, of course the, they were gonna the make film. this movie and they did just Yeah, she was attached to, to direct um right. it's at so one them. point. And uh, you know, it's like these things about repression and redemption and the inability to express your feelings and yeah it's it's just like totally in that wheelhouse and uh as much as it is uh to be to be true and there's honesty with that it makes for great drama <laughs> it's like mm. the hardest things in life also make for uh for for great tension uh clay how about how about you go uh why don't you tell so us this is my second time seeing it i saw it when it initially came out i mean the cast is like unfucking yeah it's amazing. I don't think we're yeah. going to really get a cast like this. I, I guess for Triple Frontier. And we can too, get into but... casting what ifs. And, right. In but a few, this but is, it's interesting. Uh, this is just... It was funny when, uh, Gillian, we were talking about um, the whole idea of the fan cam stuff and how much... <laughs> um, how much that like got you into this movie. This movie is filled with fan cam stars. I mean, the amount of like everyone you want to fuck is in this movie. Um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I know. Sons of anarchy heads who are just want Hunnam to stick it to them. Um, you have the Isaac heads, which there are many. That's um, Oscar's you know, podcast. Affleck, Headland. These are all people that you could just make a fan cam from this movie. Um, uh, let's look at Ao3. There are two thousand. 211 works under Triple Frontier. What's AO3? I don't know what AO3 is. <laughs> it's a fanfic website. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh. Um that's I, I, I could have I could have made an educated guess. Um but no, it's I I think I don't know. I I was pumped for the cast everyone was. I mean the trailer looked sick. Um and I watched it, and I was 19 years old at the time. Um, 19. When did when did it come out, Jack? 2019. But yeah, no, but like what month? I don't March. Know. March. Yeah, I was 19. Um, I didn't get it. I was like, I watched it, and I'm like, I was that dumb 19 year old. Like, well, where's all the action? There is like some action, but not a ton. No, I'm serious. Like I thought it was going to be wall to wall, like not just like one or two scenes. Mm -hmm. And I, I watched that and I'm like, you know, I'm just like, okay. I mean, I guess that was good. It was kind of boring. It was like a video game or something. Uh, I think I called it a video game. Um, Cause also at that time there was this Tom Clancy video game called ghost recon. That was very similar to this movie. Surprisingly. Um, even though I don't think they have any real connection to each other. But in the, you know, in the years I've heard some people were like, actually, this is actually a like a really solid movie. You, Logan, uh, Roxana Haddadi, like people who have been like, no, that's actually really solid. People were sleeping on that for sure. And I'm like, okay, sure, fine. And then I watch it, uh, you know, I watched it, rewatched it like, right before we started recording like two hours ago. And I re and you know it's one of those things, and this has happened to me a lot, where I've watched a movie that I discounted when I first saw it, and just realized, oh Clay, you dumb, dumb, dumb idiot, 
you 19 year old jackass you don't know what the fuck you're talking about um but i also had to get that language of what is it like for a person to gripple with violence and the and like you know like the military industrial complex and the idea of south you know american um American uh, meddling in South American countries and countries overall and how they ravage, exploit, and murder the people within those countries and mm. how our American you know, military system has just fucking destroyed so many lives, not mm. because of the ones they, not because of the people they've killed, I mean that too, but also just the people they've employed, they've enlisted, that they've brainwashed, mm. that they've used as a body bag to do their bidding um and it's just like how we have just ruined generations of men and women uh by treating our veterans like pieces of shit no matter Mm -hmm. how many times we say the national you know the national anthem is for veterans and to support veterans and if you need if you put you know put your knee down you're disrespecting veterans you know we we don't actually you know we say that but we then we don't address their health care needs we don't address the fentanyl addiction that they suffer currently or you know over-the-counter painkillers or oxy or how they've been, you know how people go to the military just because they want to afford college or how they are discriminated discriminated against while they're in the military or you know live mm. fire situations friendly fire being uh, completely manipulated to do like things they've never signed up for things like that and so mm-hmm. knowing all that now and watching this movie and understand and also having more vocabulary when it comes to films about violence at the hand at the hands of men and greed and things like that mm-hmm. all of this kind of subtext is coming much more into picture it's like a it's like a kaleidoscope kind of getting into focus where i'm like oh i see all the colors now I see all the little different like, you know, details and colors to this film and the acting uh, going with it and the direction going with it. And instead of just thinking, okay, I'm here to watch an action movie. I'm seeing this really complex and thoughtful drama about violence, about men, about greed, about what people convince themselves is justified and what we feel like we deserve and no, and just this constant domino effect of actions and consequences um yeah and how we are never no one is never not affected by a choice it uh, every single choice affects everybody everywhere a uh, small okay we need five more bags that killed two farmers we need you know we need five more bags oh that killed my friend oh we need five <laughs> more bags that killed a teenager like just like that uh, the, the decision oh we stayed here extra long okay now we have to kill all these guys it's this and all this constant justification of like, well, this is okay, this is okay, this is okay. I brought in cushion. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, What's the price of the end, taking human life too? Like, right, the, bri- the bribery for for disrupting that village uh, is is a mm. big part of like how they're able to to negotiate with themselves. Um, it's like, what does this money mean to us actions. ultimately? Right. It's all these little actions and decisions and moral judgments that they make, you know, for themselves, for others, all throughout the film that kind of they, they all matter and they all make a point and they all describe them as human beings. And it's just, yeah, I, I was so blown away that second time. And I kind of knew I was going to like this more just because this is also dad core in a lot of ways. Um, and I love dad core movies. Um, unless I think it, Jillian does too. Like, 
Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm a no, big I, fan. I think so. I think so. Yeah. And any special forces movie that is not insanely jingoistic is going to be something I pr- I gravitate towards. Um, like, yeah, you know, I, I like some of those Tom Clancy stuff. And I've, you know, I, I, I like a lot of some of those, you know, like movies or television stuff. But it's some, some, sometimes it gets to be like, OK, I can only swallow so much like 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 American propaganda before I'm going to be like, I'm not a big, the biggest fan of this. But something that is this willing to wait, I never like, said I like this. I never said I like this. <laughs> right. Like I something that is willing to interrogate all the things it's you know, it's using as an aesthetic, you know, militarism, yeah. um, all these things. It really comes together to me. And I just was like, I'm like, okay, this this is the movie. I'm glad I'm finally watching the movie for the first time instead of something I wanted to see. Yeah. Like I I'm genuinely interested and what Paul Schrader thinks of this film, because he made the card counter. Right. No, it's <laughs> very yeah. soon after this. Of like course, Oscar Isaac is the you know pipeline. But it's it's like it's like it's like to me, I'm like, I'm like it, it's another thing too about it is that is that I forgot what I was gonna say. Um, I, I, I do that but, yeah but uh the like the way that um i think a lot uh, there's like such a difference within this film and i think the i remember now the way you're talking about like the way that like it affects like the violence affects everything or whatever it's so interesting and again this is another thing where my perspective as a woman comes through um there there's a moment um like when ben affleck's like dropping his daughter off at school school or something i don't know they're about to go into that mma fight that uh headlands in where it instantly cuts as soon as like a punch is thrown which is like so sick (laughs) um (laughs) But uh, the uh, his daughter, he 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 calls out to his daughter. It's very much shot like uh, like uh, hey, just want to take another look. I was at just you. gonna say, it's <laughs> a star is born. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's very much shot the exact same way. But he says, "I love you," and then his daughter turns around, and she doesn't say, "I love you back." She says. I miss you. Right. And that is so impactful. Like, I, I genuinely think, like, like films, like, like, it doesn't really, like, go into, like, the, like, the way that it's affecting the family or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the family. Like, there's movies. no scene with the wife. Like, it's just. Yeah. Like, 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 there's, like, a, like, like, there's a one-off line that Pedro Pascal says where he's, like, I, you know, I got the baby now, you know. And you're just like, oh god. <laughs> um, but uh, like, I do think, I think like films like this, and like films like Goodfellas and The Irishman, uh, where violence is very much like is affecting the women in their lives, you know, and stuff mm. like that, is so, right. so, so, so interesting and i think and i think i think there is something like so 
sad like when you watch like i know jack this is your first time watching it but when you rewatch it as many times as i have you pick up on <laughs> very like minute details where you're just like oh no ben affleck's gonna die right. <laughs> spoiler alert um but it is like it is so it's so sad and it's so and and it's just it, it feels like there it's just like it feels like something that would genuinely happen in real yeah. life and yeah. um and it feels like something that would become like and especially because so because it's one guy who gets shot in the head it's not like they're like oscar isaac is the only one that makes it out it's like yeah casualty i think that's even more so like and it's not like they skewed. kill like or dozens and dozens and dozens of people yes yeah it, yeah it's a very sloppy mission which is great of everyone involved to like yeah map out like that yeah 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 um, and and the way it, and i was just gonna mention like if there's anything that jc chandor is very good at is making very watchable films that are very lean and have you know morally gray characters um as as Clay and I were on our friend Leia Carlson Downey's podcast, Oscar's podcast, uh, talking about a most violent year, which is almost like episode two ten of of and a half of of exiting, right? Because it's like that's a film that we could see someone choosing for this, although we were on someone else's show for that. And you know, I I kind of share similar feelings for most violent year as I do for Triple Frontier. Is like they're just very well made uh, uh, thrillers, yeah, like like period pieces. Like the screenplay is so tight, and and mm-hmm. there's not I've like like it's just it's so it's so like I think I think the thing is is that the action is so well made. It's so like it feels like like storyboarded almost in a way. Um, the way the camera moves whenever they're in the jungle, it's very fluid. And very like it feels almost like like an apocalypse now type situation where it's like it's like you feel like you're wading through the waters or whatever. And it's it's so I just think it's so good. And also I think another thing too that makes this film so underrated was that I, I genuinely believe if this film had a theatrical run. It, I think it would have, like, hit mm. genuinely. I believe that. Yeah, I I think it was in that lame decision of like a week in New York, LA, but it, it was just such a like a lazy thing for Netflix to do. Where it could have, it, it, I guess, it was also like a lazy thing for for it to. Be I almost to think that it would hit more now. Yes. Mm. Yes. I agree. And I think I think also too there is because because of the of like the boom of popularity of like Pedro Pascal or whatever cuz like the thing is is that he is blown up. Everybody loves him, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But like he particularly like people like me like like I'm on I'm on the Pedro Pascal subreddit. Okay? I'm I'm there. I'm commenting. 
Okay. You can you can look me up. Okay. I don't I'm posting. Okay. I made a come on. I'm not. But like 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 recently, recently there is um a leaked uh TV pilot uh that like was unaired and wasn't picked up or whatever. It was like based off of this comic book called The Sixth Gun. I don't know. Anyways. Um and uh it, it it was like it was like it was like crazy i'm not joking like tumblr reddit blew up it was crazy right. because we had a new pedro pascal character to latch on to that is that like a new pedro pascal character to write fan fiction for like right. that was like a new like fan cam footage went insane like it was imagine. crazy it was in it was insanity there's literally a part in the pilot where he like chase chases after a woman and like grabs onto her and like i saw that on my for you page like for a week straight okay so that i think there is something really interesting because this is probably the most one of the most popular like out of like the Pedro characters or whatever, because they we call it the Pedroverse. It's funny. Um, that's that's very funny. Yeah, but out of like out of like all of like his the characters and stuff like that, I would say like Triple Frontier is probably like one of the most popular. Like Last of Us, then Triple Frontier. I would say like it is very like. I think it's like high key being reclaimed by the girls. Like it's like it's it's like I I love it so much because like I think there is something so so propelling. Like it's so like there when I was rewatching it last night, like I was barely taking notes. I was just so engrossed by the film. It's perfectly made. It is perfectly made. I don't think there's like I was going to say at one point I wrote down in my notes, but I was corrected by Logan about this. Okay. I was going to say the only flaw in this film is Charlie Hunnam's accent. But then I realized that's just how Charlie Hunnam talks. Yeah, it literally is. It's, all <laughs> it's how he talks. As someone I was who like, has yeah. watched every single episode of Sons of Anarchy and has seen his ass very vividly, that has nothing to do with it. I just want to say I saw his ass. Um, but he for sure talks like that. That is how he talks. It's a little bit of like the velocity of Z accent. It's just like okay, that's what you're. I haven't literally seen that how film. He talks. He's. I mean, the thing, the secret that for some reason no one really wants to say. He's a great actor. He is a. G capital yeah. G great. I actor. yeah, I recently rewatched Crimson Peak. He does not really belong in that film, but he's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but uh I just there's so like there's so many things about this film. One, uh the first like the opening, like the first half hour of this film is Oscar Isaac asking his friends if he got his text it's so funny. Like, Very funny it's like it's like did you get did you read my text did you get my text hey by the way um i texted you did you read it 
<laughs> did, did you get my text? Like, <laughs> like, like, literally, like, it's <laughs> so much of the film. It's insane. <laughs> and also, another thing, too, about it is that is that Oscar Isaac lies. He lies. He's a liar in this film. With a smile on. Big liar. Yeah. He's like, he's like, at least I got the money. Then you're like, that backfired really <laughs> badly. Really badly. We're going to see it in real time backfire. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> so, so insane. But like, I do, I just love this. I love this film. I'm such a proponent of it. I think I think I think the casting is perfect. I think the camera work, I think the screenplay, I think the action, I think I think it's like so perfectly choreographed and set up and and I think the ending is really good. Like the mm -hmm. ending is perfect. Like the ending also, like when they're saying goodbye to each other, I was like, this is kind of like Elizabeth Town. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta look out exactly. for that. I thought of that. Yeah, we gotta, that yeah, um, we gotta look out for that red hat, you know? Yeah, you gotta look out for the coordinates. <laughs> um, what do you think? Can you pinpoint how it was reclaimed by the girls? Was it Pedro? It was Pedro. Yeah. For sure. Like Pedro and Oscar. Like there's definitely yeah. like, like I would say like. Because it's it, it is also interesting to me that like Pedro is clearly like fifth lead. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> too, where it's like not even like he's, you know, he has moments here and there. He's like a great supporting. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, trust part. me. Like, I know. It's not like, you know, he's like everyone is above him. Like build characterized yeah trust me i know every one of his line readings like oh my God. i'm like oh, we gotta fly over the fucking andes man or he's like he's like hey if i get there yeah. and there's people there i'm fucking killing people you know like <laughs> point like he took his license away because he was caught smuggling drugs and it's yes like, no he got like, coke i think he was doing coke yeah. i think that's that was oh thing. okay yeah yeah okay no he was smuggling coke that's Are what he sure? was doing yeah, it no, could be, because it could be how both. it could be both. If there's, if there's anyone who was so sure about something, it's Jillian on Triple Frontier. I think I, it's just one of those things. I think it was a Denzel flight situation where they caught him on coke. <laughs> oh my god, speaking of Denzel, the equalizer, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's one of the good that. parts of I mean, okay, I, I, I think that movie's no, the equalizer, equalizer 2 is five star film, it okay. basically turns into a horror film by the end it's amazing i'm a big fan of antoine fuqua yeah. we get to watch pedro pascal's eyes get fucking gouged out again that awesome was a good scene. that was a good scene yeah. i needed that i needed that <laughs> dave york i'm blushing <laughs> <laughs> but uh joey's face is turning red i it's very warm in my room right now um but like i don't know like exactly i think i think it's very similar to like because the last of us became really huge for good reason it's i mean it i think pedro's like 
Pedro's so good at acting. I think also another thing too about like my appreciation and my hyperfixation on Pedro is that he is a genuinely gifted actor and like and like I don't know if you guys know anything about like his backstory. Uh, I know that he was friends with Oscar Isaac before this or like they were I guess yes um, yeah like they were they did theater together um yes. but, but nothing nothing really much after so that. so Pedro was born in in Santiago Chile which is funny because Oscar Isaac's name is Santiago Pope in this film um so Pedro was born in Santiago Chile and his parents were um and he was born in 1975 so this is like um god uh Pinochet it's Pinochet hours you know this is like fascism you know his parents were like doctors like fertility doctors and um they were also communists you know they were socialists and um so pedro and his family when he was nine months old they like fled from chile and um they they basically um like his dad was in the embassy in, in like the american embassy in 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 chile and um his him and his mom and his sister were like in like hiding in like a building that was like within like eye line of the embassy and so like his dad would like be able to wave to his mom from like across the skyline like they'd be within eyesight or whatever but basically they fled from chile and then they like i think moved to denmark and then they moved to san antonio texas um so like basically like the thing that is really interesting about pedro pascal's filmography is that there is a lot of like triple frontier and narcos are like the main examples there's a lot of stuff about like south american politics um and the thing is is that genuinely i would know nothing about south american politics if it weren't for pedro pascal like i just that's so I don't cool. know. yeah like like i didn't know who pinochet was until like this year there's just i think there's something about his physicality in it that is very attractive pedro and i think i think like also another thing too is that like he's silent he's like very quiet and very much like in the corner don't really hear him talk that much barely like you know and the only time he really talks is when he's pissed about something he's like the silent observer and when something is going wrong he's like he's like you know he's the one who is like like there's kids in this mansion like i don't want to fuck with these kids you know i'm not killing and he's like he's like i'm not i'm not i'm not doing this if there's like children around you know and so there's something like heartwarming and swooning about that and i think i think that's probably why and also another thing too is that is that it's it's ben affleck charlie hunnam garrett hudlin oscar isaac pedro pascal like mm-hmm. the internet's boyfriends should i do i dare say the d word <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah of course. i will even say like 
it's not even fuck Mary Kill, it's fuck fuck fuck, right? It's just no, it's Mary, 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 Mary. It's Mary, Mary, Mary. Yeah, let's be polite. Say myself for We're in a polyamorous yeah. relationship. Okay, I know. Okay, it's 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 Frankie Catfish Morales Santiago. I forget his oh code name. Pope Tom Redfly William Miller. I think it's really funny how the brothers are named Miller because of yeah. Joel Miller. Um, and Benny I don't know. <laughs> yes, Ironhead. I I just I just these like legitimately in another world they would be cast a Magic Mike. <laughs> That's really what? fucking funny. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny that you mentioned that because um, a few, I mean, I'm sure you know, but, you know, for those that don't, uh, it, uh, in 2017, it was reported that Cheney Tatum and Tom Hardy were in negotiations for the roles. And Mahershal Ali was also in negotiations. And like this, this five was always not this, this five. I did not know this, actually. That oh. also sounds like a great movie. Oh. I mean, Hart, it is actually kind of funny Hardy isn't in this. This would be something he would be in. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, um, you can I, almost take this five and put them in the cast of the bike riders. And it's just like, you know. <laughs> you could take, I'm not joking. Also, another thing too is that like the cast is so like, they have so much chemistry in them that like you yes. can imagine no, the them in like, in like anything together. Like mm-hmm. I would watch them do Shakespeare. I yeah. would watch it, them. It, it, it's a little bit of like that Roger Ebert quote. Like, would you want to have dinner with this cast? Um, yes. To determine if yeah. it's a great movie or whatever. And yeah. Um, um I, yeah. I, I think we've, I think we need to talk about Affleck because this starts the run or is in the middle of the de- a sad Affleck. Um, You know, I think it really starts with, it's a really good performance. The persona, I think the persona of Sad Affleck starts with the BVS press tour. Mm-hmm. I think that's when it becomes a meme. That's when it becomes his whole thing. Um, even it, which is, you know, on one hand, I think looking back at it now, it's kind of fucked up that we made someone going through alcoholism a meme, but that's another mm. thing. Um, huh. But I, I I think like you know this you know the way way uh, was it the way back this um what was the on I would deep I would water. deep water is like the end of that I would say I guess so I think I, I would agree I would I would I would argue the start of it is actually Gone Girl you have some rough patches in between this and Gone Girl yeah like Gone Girl to Deep Water is like. And also, big fan of Deep Water. Love that Deep film. Deep Water fucks. Do you want me to read off the run in between Gone Girl and this? What? It's BVS, okay. Live and, by yeah. Night. What? We have we have Live by Night, this, The Accountant. Oh, oh no! It. Yeah. Yeah, that's I it. Just... Okay, wait, that's that's less than I thought. Okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, The Accountant's 2016. Yeah. Wait, no. Is BVS... Wait, the... I, I don't know. Um... Like, his Batman is certainly, like, whatever, but um, 
he's he's so he like the thing is too is that like the thing i really love about affleck in this is that is that like he's like batman beefed up in this he Hmm. looks right part of of tom like he he looks at he has flabby batman he's flabby he has a little bit of a stomach i love that in man um and i think i think there's something like very like also another thing too i noticed on this rewatch is that when when they go to his like garage in like the house that he's living in or whatever he has a don't tread on me poster in his garage. oh does he i didn't see <laughs> yeah that. It's like he, it's very dark. Like it, it's like in low lighting, but you can see it. And I just thought that was so funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, where no. does he live? Florida? Is that what that's supposed to be? It seems like it Florida. looks. That this this film is like John Lennon. Imagine there's no countries. Oh my god. They oh like they, they you never see them go through the border. Like they you never see them like go no. like like they just cut in their in South America. Like that's that's the film. Like but I just I don't know. Like there's something so sad about it uh, about this f- there no, there's not something. This film is sad. Oh, this film sad is film. sad and and it's tragic and but the thing the thing that like kind of like the through line of it is that like you really understand why like he's the leader of this group yeah like he's he's there's a gravitas like, to the there's a gravitas yeah. they have a camaraderie as a group you and like and i think also to like within the group dynamics and especially as an actor um there is um when it comes to group dynamics or whatever in like whenever there's like more than like two people within a scene there is something like very like kind of hard to get right when it comes to like something like where like the minute kind of like minuscule details within like the connections with one another you know like like headland and hunnam are like almost like cain and abel at one point like they're like fighting with each other and like and like there's like this weird like connection in between affleck and oscar isaac and like it's just filled with all these like little like details within the performances that i just think is so good you know like and if i can um I, mention becca blunas's larry Buck's review about garrett headland's hat work oh um, puts it puts it on takes it off slick back hair puts it backwards no. gets gets no. it thrown to him like it's yeah it's always it's it. always it's always charlie Hunnam that passes it to him yeah. It's always him. It's never <laughs> anybody else. That's I'm what not brothers are for, man. Oh yeah. Your hats. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can be backwards and cool and like a nineties kid on a skateboard. <laughs> Easy money. <laughs> Hello. 
First things first. Any man here that wants to walk away can do so knowing they're the best of us. This gotta be now. There is no ground support. The injuries we sustain, we're walking out with. Make no mistake about it. You guys need to own the fact that we do not have the flag on our shoulders. You cannot go back to your normal life after tonight. Everything we've done for the last 17 years with nothing to show for it. You've been shot five times for your country, and you can't even afford to send your kids to college. If we had accomplished half the things that we've accomplished in any other profession, we'd be set for life. I'm your masters of war. The question is, do we finally get to use our skills for our own benefit? We're going to get Gabriel Martin Larea. He's got over $75 million in cash. If we're not gone forever after you make your move, we are dead. We need to hunt quickly. You cannot stay. They will find us. It's always a little harder than you think it's going to be. We don't leave matches like that. This is not what I signed up for. A lot of people are going to come after you. So we go through. Every time I watch this movie, I'm like, I want to buy a cargo pant. I want to buy a tactical <laughs> vest. <laughs> I want to. I want to join the military. I, no. I'm just, I'm no. just like, no. wait, I'm, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I'm just like Adam Driver after 9-11. Oh. I, <laughs> I do. Oh. What if Adam Driver was in this film? I can see it. I actually can't. Okay. Well, I, I don't, I, I, I think, said. I don't see, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's just too young. I just don't see the playfulness. Well, is isn't he the same age as Garrett Hedlund? Well, I guess so. I don't know. He just, he's in like, the he's in the age range for sure. I, I don't see him making the joke like the little jokes and like I don't see the toxic masculinity humor coming out of him. Yeah. Like, could he sell the scene where they light the money on fire? Do we not think? Oh, I love I mean, that scene. Yeah, maybe. I think so. I don't My... know. I, he, he's he can certainly have a sense of humor. It's just like what the movie calls for. I just don't think it's this um, sense of humor. It's yeah. like bro. Yeah, he's humor. he's more yeah. he's more um Annette. Like right, exactly. I'm gonna I'm so sad. I'm gonna eat some pussy. Like, yeah. like <laughs> and who and who hasn't? You know. Oh yeah, I was obsessed mm-hmm. with Annette when it came out. Still am. Remember? Do you guys remember the baby from Annette? I could never forget. I, do. I think this casting is perfect. Obviously, you could put Hardy or the other dad, you know, dad icons, um, uh, or you know, the other hot boys of the time, like Tatum um, or Mahershala. I also think Mahershala would have played uh, either. I think it would. I think it'd either be Oscar Isaac's character, but I'm most likely thinking it would have been Pedro. I think that was Mahershala's probably. That's how mm. put him in. Um. I think I'm seeing on Wikipedia a... also that 
that uh, Mark Wahlberg and Casey Affleck were in negotiations. Oh, <gasps> well, like, that would have. Yeah. That oh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, it's crazy okay. Wahlberg wasn't in this. I know, Even though he I shouldn't know. have been, but it's like his movie. Special. I'm movies. sorry. I mean, come on. I mean, take Wikipedia I'm... as a grain of salt, of course, but it's just. It's I think like... Wahlberg actually would have been good in this movie, too. I, I'm. I'm not joking. As soon as he said Casey Affleck, I was like, Casey Affleck, problematic. We all know this. Amazing actor. Amazing oh, actor. It would be Even funny if someone was like, listening to this amazing. and was like, wait, what happened to Casey? He he directed a film called I'm Not There. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I think... not, I'm Not There? Is that what it's called? Yeah. I'm not there. Sure. Yes. Um, I I think Wahlberg would have been. It is really actually. I'm thinking about it more. It is crazy he was not in this because this is a total Wahlberg joint. I think it was almost too. The issue is I don't think he would be up for something so morally complex. Um, yeah. I, I this isn't this is too uh, critical of the military system in general. I mean, Lone Survivor is pure propaganda, basically. Um. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, I don't think, I'm not saying he's never been in morally complex films. I think Pain and Game is like a very morally complex film, not in the sense that they are morally right or wrong, but what it says about the, you know, American attitudes and American society is morally complex. Um, but I, 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 I think he, I think he would have been great in this movie, to be honest. I think he would have been great in this movie. Yeah. Um, for me, I kind of like it is interesting to kind of think like of different actors in it, but I struggle to see it, you know, especially because like um, like to me, I just think like the way their chemistry is, it's like insane. Yeah, that's the, I, that's the that's the thing. And that's what makes is, the movie is their their level of brotherhood that comes through the screen. Mm. like there was little moments in it like like i love how how pedro and oscar like speak Speaking spanish to each other and like and all that kind of stuff there's a there's a lovely hug pedro gives oscar at the end of the movie where he like gently nice. caresses his like the back of his head i know and it's like well. it's so beautiful and it's, it's more than a bro ten- hug it's a real correct yeah it's like a real gentle thing the way oscar isaac like pulls off this role like i can't imagine anybody else because like there are moments in it where like especially like right after tom gets shot his like face after like you can see you can feel every single emotion he is feeling it is palpable palpable pal- you could feel it you can feel it like from the screen into your heart and there are moments where like he's like okay we gotta like like all like both him and charlie hunnam are like we gotta suck it in we gotta like get it together you know we gotta move on we gotta survive we gotta get tom home to his family you know and there are so many moments like that where like and then there's like these small moments where like where he's like, I'm the reason why, you know, I was dumb. I was, you know, and stuff like that. And, and like, they get into fights and squabbles and stuff like that. But afterwards, they apologize to each other. And 
that's how you know that they're like truly like brothers they're close they love each other like they know each other's like children and family and all that kind of stuff like you can no one else will understand the kind of internal hurt that each other have yeah yeah and and it's like it's so heartbreaking when tom gets shot and like it's and i think i think also too is like the character work in this like the way that they react differently Mm, to tom's garrett headland's full on sobbing like screaming he's like he can't believe it he's like come Mm -hmm. on come on like all this kind of stuff um and charlie hunnam's like trying to keep it together because he's the older brother he has to keep it together and then like oscar i there's just there's so many little moments in this film that just they stick with you and i just i don't know i'm i I would be genuinely interested in hearing like a veteran's perspective on this film. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, because to me, to me, this is like you, like Clay, you said before, this is like a film that is about the military, but it, it's not glorifying it at all. It's saying the issue. It's very, it's kind of like how ambulances about how, mm like absolutely no absolutely yeah. i know what you're saying <laughs> absolutely yeah it's it's like that where it's also like, about it's brotherly like, love right yeah mm, right. ambulance i love you um most <laughs> perfect movie but also have you guys seen guy richie's the covenant no, no I, that's something that i think i would year? be into though yeah. yeah that's that that seems like my kind of jam yeah it's pretty good. Jake Gyllenhaal's in it, and I like it a lot. Um, but I just, I don't know. There's just something. My overall thoughts is that this is a good movie. I think it's really rewatchable, like in my opinion. But I also really like stressful movies. I like stressful movies because, like, I, I have a very hectic job i work retail um so like i'm very used to chaos and yeah i've seen uncut gems 11 times so i think that says enough about what i find to be comforting um and i don't know i just everybody should watch triple frontier i think i think you know get together with the family watch it get a bowl of popcorn you know have make some memories it it does remind me of like stressful memory stress stressful cinema can give you the same feelings and the same um and and like the same relatability that horror can yeah oh you're just like you're like chasing that one thing that inspired you to think differently about stressful cinema because there's certainly a list to be made or a category to be filled of like oh this this and this like and that like gives me that that feeling where it's like something is very wrong throughout the entire movie um i mean wake and fright you that's the perfect like that's i mean what 
that inspired the stressful cinema as we know it i'm sure but i'm sure i'm wrong but still it's like um yeah no that's a great thing that that's a great thing to think about yeah hey all this is jack editing this episode and forgot to mention in the episode that we were going to switch things over to Leigh Carlson Downey, who hosts Oscar's podcast, the podcast about the films of Oscar Isaac, to give a quick thoughts about Oscar Isaac in the film trend Triple Frontier. And uh, Clay and I have been on the show. It's a wonderful show. Everyone go follow that pod. Um, but for now, we're going to kick it over to Leah to give us a few thoughts on Oscar Isaac in Triple Frontier. Hi, Jack and Clay. It's Leah Carlson Downey here. I've been a guest on the pod a couple of times, and I'm a big fan and a regular listener. A little bird told me that you're talking about Triple Frontier this week, and as exiting through the 2010s very unofficial Oscar Isaac correspondent, I have some thoughts. First things first, I'm here to make sure that everyone remembers that Triple Frontier is Oscar Isaac's movie, not Ben Affleck's. Ben Affleck does get top billing in this film, and he was central to Netflix's marketing of the movie. And so it's understandable that people sort of assumed that he would be the lead, but his character is not the lead. The lead of this film is Oscar Isaac's character, Santiago Pope Garcia. While Triple Frontier is undeniably sad Ben Affleck canon, the movie is also really important in Oscar Isaac's career. It came at an interesting time for him. He broke out in 2015 with a string of commercial and or critical hits. He was really poised to become like the next big movie star. And aside from the Star Wars sequel trilogy, which, you know, really kind of ended with a whimper in 2019, the same year as Triple Frontier, he struggled to find interesting lead roles. I think Triple Frontier is actually one of the highlights of this 2016 to 2020 period for Oscar Isaac. The film marks the reunion of the actor and director J.C. Shandor. The two had previously worked together on A Most Violent Year, which Jack and Clay actually came onto my podcast, my Oscar Isaac podcast, uh, to discuss. As he does in... A Most Violent Year, J.C. Shandor provides with Triple Frontier a real opportunity for Oscar Isaac to prove his leading man bona fides and to carry a film. While Triple Frontier could reasonably be categorized as an ensemble film, and what an ensemble of hotties, might I add. Oscar Isaac's character, Pope, is the one who brings the gang together. He's the one who has the idea for the heist that forms the centerpiece of the film, and he is the one who instigates the action. But for various reasons, Triple Frontier doesn't get talked about as one of Oscar Isaac's lead roles, let alone one of his more compelling ones. And I think that Triple Frontier deserves another look in terms of where it fits in Oscar Isaac's filmography and the quality of his performance in it. Uh, I think Oscar Isaac, of course, had his sort of renaissance in 2021 when he had dune and the card counter and scenes from a marriage and he finally seemed like he was kind of hitting his stride again and people were were remembering why he was such a big deal but i think that uh triple frontier is part of that trajectory 
Not only is the film a solid showcase for the actor as an action star and a movie star and the kind of performer who can bring texture and dimension to a, let's face it, slightly underwritten character, uh, the press tour for Triple Frontier also introduced uh, the vast majority of us to his friendship with Pedro Pascal. These two really outshone everyone else on the press tour for this film, and clips of Oscar and Pedro promoting Triple Frontier still circulate on the fan pages of both actors. I mean, the Wired Autocomplete video that these two did to promote the film is classic. So not only was Triple Frontier a little bit of a reassertion on Oscar Isaac's part that he is and should be a leading man, but the press tour also reignited some of the internet frenzy and interest in him, particularly with regard to his uh, off-screen relationship with Pedro Pascal. So Triple Frontier is, in my opinion, a pretty important Oscar Isaac film. It's a fun performance of his, and I just wanted to make sure that you guys touched on that in your episode and didn't let Ben Affleck suck all the air out of the room. I can't wait to listen to your episode. Thanks. Uh, the ten- I mean, tension is one of the great emotions you can feel while watching a film. I mean, that's why people ride, ride roller coasters. It's the reason why people go to haunted houses. It's not... I mean, it is for that scare, but it's also the buildup to it. It's the it's the like what's gonna pop out the next door, what's gonna happen. Roller coasters, it's like, oh, we're coming all the way up to the very tippy top. You know, you hear the gears turning, but 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 and then the fall. Um mm. that's truly one of the most core feelings you can wa- you can get from watching or reading or experiencing any kind of entertainment slash art. It's why it's why genres exist. It's why the thriller exists. And so this so it's always a huge success. And I always and to me, when I judge movies, a lot of the time, if it's a if I'm not necessarily thinking or like, let's say the craft didn't necessarily stand out to me or I'm like, oh, that typical performance wasn't great. Sometimes I will really just go, well, what were the emotions that elicited? Because that's like one that's, you know, people want to, you you know, and I'm not saying this, you know, and analyzing or, you know, being contemplating all the little different things and editing, writing, all these other stuff. And all that obviously goes into eliciting emotion. But Sometimes I do think we get lost in the weeds a little bit when judging a movie, when it's sometimes like, oh, I thought this part was kind of slow or, oh, I thought the pacing was off. Oh, I thought it was searching for tone. These kind of very like generalized statements that they're like, well, I felt a whole bunch of stuff watching the movie, but there was these things that made it not good. Mm. Um, and it's I think we lose I think a lot of people in, you know lose the emotion of it. What emotion did it elicit out of you? What was mm. the impact it had on your psyche and your heart? Um, and this film, I, I think is I, I do think it's really well edited. I think it's well directed. I think the performances are good. But I also do think there's that emotion, uh, you know, it has that emotionality to it that I think is really well done and impactful. And that comes with the chemistry that comes with the acting that comes with the writing. Um, I, I, I think the moral complexity of this film, I think this kind of, you know, is really, 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 really impressive for a film like this, because like I said, these special forces films, these Tom Clancy, you know, jerk, you know, neocon jerk off sessions can be pretty like bland and morally simplistic. 
the mm. veteran is always the person who is wronged or the you know you know america will always serve do the right thing even if it's presented with a morally questionable position the you know that's a lot of these films in in not saying those films that you know do serve that kind of propaganda machine aren't good because they can be well constructed and well done but this film is struggling with a lot more internal conflict that i think is really you know commendable for something like this um and it's why i could totally see the person who made hurt locker want to make this movie um mm. you know I, I think that that internal dialogue between the person behind the gun, the person behind the American war machine, the person behind these, uh, you know, unethical, you know, special forces teams that destabilize countries and governments and villages. Um, I mean, they even make a quote saying that this will be more legal than a lot of the shit we did in you know the Middle East. Like we went, you know, there, how many times did we go against the Geneva Convention? It's that moral ambiguity and, you know, it's comfortability with going, you know, of like existing in those gray areas. Pedro has this, well, if there's kids involved, I want out. Mm. But then later in the film, every, you know, you know, the money, his friend dying, all these things laid to like somewhat of an attitude change of when he is going against these teenagers, he's like, what are you doing? Kill them. Mm. Shoot them stop you know stop you know you know, like he wanted to kill that teenager immediately once they got the jump on him on mm. he said you know he saw our faces he should have we should have killed him immediately or that moment when affleck is basically telling everyone we should have killed her and her brother that's what mm. we should have done and we all know it it's those are those moments that like these are quote-unquote good men i mean no one's truly good no one's really bad but mm. these are good men trying to do good things for their family and their friends and things like that are also willing to display horrible acts of savagery or thinking about displaying horrible acts of savagery and in, inhumanity. Mm. Um, and that this film being so comfortable in weight, you know, in, in swimming through these waters of uncertainty of gray, you know, of, you know, gray, um, ethical uh thinking and really struggling with affleck when like when the uh the shot of his face when he per puts that farmer out of his um misery when he like when he executes them basically after he's begging for him to to die and him saying sorry to that kid in the most apt like in a way that is so he thinks he's showing he's doing some showing some comfort like i'm sorry that i killed whoever you know who up down there whoever you were related to but all he really has to say sorry kid you just killed one of his family members someone he loved sorry kid oh here's some here's a few million to pay you off we're not even gonna give you the whole bag we're just gonna give you part like a good sum of it the like those are those moments that the this film has that really when i watch it for the second time coming you know again more language of cinema more knowledge of the subtext going into this film uh and all the themes surrounding it that's what i'm like okay this was something that we really undersold here we watched it we thought it was a good dad movie and we moved on obviously a lot of a lot of us haven't because they've realized how good this film is but i i, I think in and especially seeing so many of these kind of movies since then, 
seeing what they lack, seeing the, you know, the, the gaps within it or the, the, you know, how it underachieves again, that idea of moral contemplation is what really just me like, this is a really, a really solid film that I'm really glad exists. And I'm really glad that it has some appreciation for because I think it's something that we don't get enough these days. And when we do, we tend to write it off because of the genre or the niche. It niche it, it niche it's like acting around. Um I, I think those mm -hmm. are those moments that I I, I find really, really good. I, and and there, there are moments like there are movies like that that do struggle with this moral ambiguity there's a chris pine movie that came out that was like Kiefer sutherland it was like the contractor it has moments like that but it's not as well crafted or it doesn't have as like me uh, you know doesn't have it's not as robust of a movie as this is um so while it's also operating on this you know moral ambiguity it is also operating as a really entertaining film that is extremely watchable, even though it is sad because you're seeing actors have like great chemistry with great um, cinematography and just a really solid, like a really solid score. You're just watching like a good movie. But you're all, it was also operating under this like very interesting um, and um, engaging subtext of moral ambiguity in times of war and violence and the choices, the consequences that um, our choices have um so yeah mm -hmm. that that so that like i guess i've been talking pretty long but yeah. that's like the movie to me mm -hmm. that's what really struck yeah. with me stuck with me it's that it's that conflict that's very interesting that's only like hinted at but also is like the message or nothing that's dumb like the point of the movie is like putting yourself before others but then trying to think of yourself as one that deserves these um recognitions and deserves to make a difference when you feel as though their past never really uh that your your past self felt disposable do we have any strong feelings on uh jc shandor uh you um, know uh solid you know, i was lost margin call this i haven't this is this is the only film of his i've seen Oh wow! Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm uh, really, I'm really interested. You, you want to see Bob Redford lost. on a boat? You like you weren't? You don't want to yes. be lost with Bob? No, it's. Uh, uh, I yeah, do. I'm, I really do. <laughs> um, yeah, it's this and a most, a, a, yeah. a most, a most violent year. Those are the two I've seen. I think he's a really solid director. I don't. I'm not. I haven't been like completely fucking dumbfounded by any of his like directing efforts. Um, I'm not excited for Craven, but that's for more of a story element rather than him his I involvement. Know, I don't know what that is. Craven the Hunter. <gasps> oh wow. It's so yeah. it's it's a Spider-Man villain. It's one of it's basically oh. they're another Venom or Morbius. Um okay. but it's, it's like again of Spider-Man villain without Spider-Man. Russell Crowe is in it playing nice. the 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 actual Craven the Hunter and then and you know Aaron uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is playing Baby Craven, so that's 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 the movie. Um, oh, this sounds I, great. Yeah. No, I'm not a fan. Uh, I think it completely <laughs> misses the mark on anything that's actually kind of interesting about Craven. Mm -hmm. If you actually yeah. want to do anything, in, or if you want to see something that is interesting, or an interesting adaptation of Craven the character, you can watch the walkthrough of Spider-Man Two that just came out. You can play it or watch the walkthrough of it, and that will be better than whatever movie comes out. 
Um, but that's just my opinion. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so I'm not I'm not like in the bag bag for Jandor, but if he wants to make another one of these, I will for sure watch it because I think it's again, mm-hmm. I think he's a really solid. It has solid it has a perfect setup for a sequel. The coordinates. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that, and that, that's a great that's a great little um, that's a great little capper mm-hmm. to that movie. Mm. Yeah. You're um, just like, God damn it. They might do it again. <laughs> because also, because it's also like, and this is just more of a fun ta- ta- uh, tangent, but like, Pedro should have gotten at least some of them because he's the one who has the baby. And it's like, I would, I think it would be completely reasonable if everyone else donated their share to the, you know, Red Flies family. But Pedro should have kept his share. He still has like a child. Like, mm-hmm. like, you know, Oscar, he doesn't need that money. Fuck him. You know, uh, Garrett Hedlund, probably not. And Charlie Hunnam, probably not. But like, you know, Pedro, yeah. he has a baby. He does have a baby. I wonder what the baby's name is. I don't know. I don't know. But he should have at least a million dollars. Because I think that's fair. I uh, sorry. I just want to say though, like, I do think like the over arc like the arc of like the whole group as a whole of them, you know, at first like Oscar Isaac is like, we deserve this money. We've done so much work. We've done all these things and stuff like that. Like we deserve this. You know, and then they go through all this stuff, and then they're like, "Just give it all to Tom." It's like perfect dramatic <laughs> storytelling. It's yeah. perfect. It's, it's like, like this, this is a film about a process. It's like a painstaking trek, and for all this, it was about the emotional journey. The real triple frontier was the friends we learned along the way. <laughs> you know, it's the, about the feelings we couldn't. Ex- Expressed to ourselves, we express to each other. Uh, this is also a let inside the Win Davis reunion. Um, talk about sad, stressful cinema. Um, you know, Headland? Garrett Headland is fantastic in in the film with as like the other folk artist in the back of uh, uh, uh or no, he's driving the car to uh, John Goodman's character, and uh, that they drive odor. Space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. Kennedy. He's oh, the he's oh. the one who's driving towards F. Murray Abraham. That's that's yeah. him, right? Yeah. 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 Don't kill him. He gets arrested because he was he was uh oh yeah. It's been a while yeah. since yeah. I've seen that film. He beat up a cop. Yeah, that's right. Um hell yeah. Uh should we get to favorite scene? Favorite Let scene. us get to favorite Probably. scene triple frontier jillian one scene uh Can probably that um oh god damn it fuck you're about um, to say one no i I'm, 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 i made there. up i made up my mind it's okay. definitely it's definitely the whole set piece in lorea's mansion man like, fuck you it's <laughs> no it's specifically once they figure out that like the money's in the walls. Yeah, it's pretty great. That yeah. is like that. That is where it becomes. Nice like, bit of acting from Isaac too. Yeah, yeah. It, that's where it becomes like sorcerer level of like, oh my god, the money's in the walls, and it's like it's like, oh my god, and the like. There's like a like Garrett Headland says, "I'm definitely getting that Ferrari, boys." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah, and then you're like. 
It okay. Earlier I had this thought and then I forgot about it. There's a line reading that Tim Meadows does in um in Popstar Never Stop Never Stopping. Where Perfect he's like, like Tony, 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 Tony. Yeah, he's like he's like Tony, 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 bartending. That is basically you could describe the film. Lorea's mansion. The guards came in. We killed the guards. Like, oh, we got out of there. The money's too heavy for the helicopter. And it's like it's like it's like basically a series of ups and downs, ups and downs, ups and downs. Right, right. right. And then you're like, Connor for real. That means I'm gonna. <laughs> you know <laughs> it, it, that scene the mania i love that i love again how they start affleck as the guy who's like i just want to do the reconnaissance make my 17 grand and leave mm-hmm. then he gets a little bit deeper okay we're gonna do this by the book uh, by the book we have a hard out we are leaving okay i see the money oh actually we have a cushion oh wait we need to get more oh wait we need to get more we can't leave this that kind of and you see that like switch yeah it's so human discover that movie yeah. where like where they discovered so not the movie the money and it's like his eyes turn into dollar signs and he's just completely changed it's amazing um, and this desperation in like like this the kind of sweat he is sweating yeah. is also like it's not I even know. from it almost feels like it's not from like carrying all that shit or breaking shit it's like it's, he's sweating out of like complete like he's almost like salivating yeah. oh mm. my god all of this money yeah. um yeah. it's yeah it, it, he's he's so good in that scene there there's Power a line reading there's a line reading that um that oscar isaac does where he's like with all this money uh her daddy's gonna have to buy her way into harvard or whatever. Right, right. <laughs> yeah and it's like yeah yeah tuition scams let's go (laughs) what are we shooting at in here is that larea he's dead Good. That's two down in the front hall. That's three. That's four. Get back to the gate. I'm sure they dropped a few guys out there. On the way. on that SUV the guards came in because we're going to need it. I'm already loading it up. Is everybody out there? Scope's clear. All clear. 
another band of guys just passed me in the driveway. Uh, Jack, what's your favorite scene? When they burn the money. Uh, yeah, that's a good, that's that's really, great. That's it's a really great. good relief of tension and sort of there is something uh, like um, I, I like how it's it's it almost sets it up like it's treasure this year, Madre about it. Like what the it's the first hint of like what they haven't come for was the literal treasure. Um, it's it's like. Um, I don't know. It's it's classical. It's like, oh, it's a nice beat of like this could happen to anyone. It's not necessarily these guys that have this kinds of money specific to them, but it's rather like this will dilute like throughout the movie. And uh, no, I, I just this really is, like like Garrett Hedlund's performance in that scene, like specifically. This I is love my... what Hunnam's doing in that scene yeah, too. Yeah, I love yeah. that sense of he's still like not plus. He doesn't laugh once. He's still like. We're in a fucked up situation, guys. And he's yeah. like concerned about everyone's behavior at that moment. He yeah. he's still yeah. the counselor. He's still the hmm, what is this saying about our mental health at that point? <laughs> fuck you. This is my fuck you money. Dude, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> I have enough men to carry all this money, so we might as well be warm. Yeah, no, it, I love the way Garrett Hedlund says, this is my fuck you money. It's so <laughs> funny. This, it, he's like, yeah, it's my fuck you money. That, that's so, oh, it's so funny. Yeah, no, and just like the way like Oscar and Pedro are like laughing. They're just like, I would, if that were me in that scenario, like I would. Yeah, it's like, it's like, 
Well, that's just the way Pedro laughs. I don't know if you've ever seen an interview with him laughing. It's guttural. It's so funny. I think the real the the for whom the bell tolls to the um to the see the like uh siege scene with the um Mexican police. I think that's a really dope scene. Um, I think that I think it's really well paced. I think um. They really get into all the tactical stuff of like of um the like fight scenes or whatever okay i'm gonna take this position here call out your kills um we're gonna do this in like you know we're gonna take our time with this um find cover over here make the flank this way like it's very much like into the minutia of military combat or just combat in general um mm-hmm. so i like that whole idea in that idea of you know advisors from foreign countries how they've invent like and like you know from private military organizations have their fingers in like police policing in south america and you know the war on drugs and all this kind of shit and how when he shoots that grenade launcher into that building he hands it to another person because he can't even be tied to it like good shot um i think that's i think that's just like a really effective scene it takes its time it's um it's a good build up but and and this is me cheating because I just mentioned that scene, but actually I'm not taking that. Um, I think oh. I'm going to take conflict with the farmers because mm. one, it's heartbreaking, and two, it's like so real and very, like that's like the most tense mo- moment of the movie almost. Um, it has so much character work done in that, whether it be Oscar's reaction to affleck killing those farmers affleck's reaction to doing so how pedro is like right about to shoot or was one of the first shots um and like all the all these different things and how again how um uh headland reacts to it how hanum reacts to it because they did slaughter civilians but these civilians also had like deadly weapons who were making threatening motions but also but they were on their land and they were and like they weren't even supposed to be here in the first place. So it's all of these different little things happening all at once, all these moral ambiguities while also showing great character work and also really well edited to create that kind of tension mm. and that just explosion of violence. And then, of course, it ends with Affleck putting one, you know, putting a bullet into uh, that dude who was begging for him, to, begging begging to be killed because he was in so much pain. Um, like there's just a lot of like, horribly sad things happening in that moment and also damn you know politically and morally damning things happening happening in that moment um it's just you know again you know it's also gray because it's like that's what affleck was trained to do from the moment he joined the military is the moment someone even makes kind of a threatening gesture pulls out a knife so to speak is to act is to kill them and so you're trying and so like but on the other hand, does that sh- that you know, since Oscar didn't do that, does that show a difference in morality in Ben Affleck? Because we already see those moments of him like suggesting that we maybe should have killed the informant and her brother, and all these other moments of like him breaking and him losing himself, so to speak. Mm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's that moment later when like Charlie Hunnam says you know what we need to watch ourselves and affleck's what affleck's like what the fuck does that mean 
And obviously it's like, we need to watch. And what Hunnam's saying is we need to watch that we don't lose our morality. We don't lose um, who we are because we don't want to kill civilians. We don't want to do all these things. We don't want to become completely fucking obsessed and our like moral compass is lost due to this money. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that that's probably going to be my favorite scene because it's just, there's again, so much character work in, moral ambiguity happening throughout the entire scene. Whoa, whoa. We're getting into the fucking net. What's the plan here? We're gonna get that money back over that mountain to the ocean. Benny, cover us from under that tree line there. Fish, you take a position up there. That's cocaine they're growing, so they may have weapons trained on us from those buildings right there. We got working radios? No, comms are dead. Go with hand signals. Hope and I'll get out there and look as peaceful as we can. We'll give you a hand signal when we think it's secure. Benny. Hola. Por favor, aléjense de ahí. Señores, aléjense de ahí, por favor. Eso no es de ustedes. ¿Quién eres? ¿Con quién vienes? Con el ejército. Somos asesores. Deben llamar a un helicóptero de rescate. Ya viene. Sí. Mientras tanto están solos y no tienen uniformes. Bueno, eso se puede resolver. Pero, ¿Cómo se encuentran los pasajeros después del accidente? Pero, podemos hablar de eso, pero tiene que decirte a tu gente que no nos roban nuestra propiedad. Estas son nuestras tierras. La cagaron de... No, no, tranquilo, tranquilo, señor. Cuidado con esa arma. Nosotros no somos de... No somos de... Ya, ya. ¿Qué es eso? ¿Qué Pope, you cop. you mentioned for whom the bell tolls needle drops in this movie are insane okay let me list them out for you yes for whom the bell tolls the chain fluid mac Mm -hmm. yeah that that was a great um and for your masses of (laughs) a little on the nose that one was i was like okay guys a little little, but i was like 
I was like, you know that song in Walk Hard where um, it's like the fake Bob Dylan song and, and John C. Riley's like, and the orgies and the blah, blah, blah. I'm going to put I've that over. I haven't seen the movie. I've heard that song, though. I haven't seen the movie either. Yeah. <gasps> this is a crime. Yeah. This is a crime. This is a crime. You're both arrested. You Please have to me. watch it. It yes. is. It is. I need to be strapped down and arrested and arrested and, and yeah. have it like clockwork orange style. Like it's so good. You yeah. will die laughing. Because the thing is too is that is that um seeing Elvis in after I've watched Walk Hard <laughs> six times. I'm sure. Is, I'm sure. Is insane. <laughs> but um also I want to mention too. Yes. Probably my second favorite scene is the helicopter crash. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's so especially so because the helicopter crash comes right before the negotiations with the farmers where it's like oh this is just like the tone takes such a pivot. Yeah. Um, it's like it's yeah. like it's like oh come on baby. Come on baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah like, I sounded like, like Elvis um, there. I like how Affleck calling to the horse. He's like, yeah, just you know, it's like oh, yeah, like so naturally. And, and let let's not forget, Pedro Pascal kills a donkey. By yeah, it's brutal. Like literally goes down. You're like, oh no! And my favorite part about that is that is that is that Oscar Isaac's like. Stop laughing. That was a live animal. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That was an insane part. Where, like, <laughs> and like the donkey takes a long tumble down. Like they are pretty high up there. And uh, like that's, that's legitimately on that mountain. Legitimately, but. how did they shoot that? How did they shoot that? Because if you watch it, <laughs> if you go back and watch it, you're like, did a donkey actually die? Like how it's, it's crazy. It's I feel it's, as though like I, like all the time when I'm watching great like great movies, it's like, how did they do that? I don't want to know. Like that's all I'm saying. Yeah. Myself, either yeah. in my head or or outside. Uh Jillian, thank you so much for, for coming by the pod. This is great to have you. Oh, anytime. Um, anytime. Please, please return. Please return. Let me uh, know. Where can everybody find you on the internet? Including um, Reddit. Uh <laughs> Um, um yeah just anything that you're working on anything that's out there just like please um i mean i'm i'm on twitter at rip email canadian um i tweet a lot about my hyperfixations. i'm very autistic and very um interested in the things i'm interested in so um there's that uh and you can find me on letterbox at email canadian um Again, same thing. Um, but uh, uh, I mean, I was, I'm not really working on anything right now other than myself. Hell yeah, dude. Constant <laughs> self improvement, rise and grind. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> That's the um, one thing that needs, that needs a plug aside from Yes. The, um, but the uh, yeah, no, I, I write on my sub stack sometimes uh, and 
that's on my Twitter. And yeah, that's pretty much it. What if um, this movie it. ended with not Hanum giving Oscar Isaac the coordinates, but rather he's just like, I'm going to start a sub stack. <laughs> Here's my Reddit account. <laughs> Here's my Reddit account. <laughs> Do you want to be a mod on 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 a sub on a Reddit uh, post with me? You wanna uh, you wanna you wanna moderate the Pedro Pascal summer? <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh no. Gosh. That would be as if don't... you wrote this movie and and and, it, and you got to choose the ending. That would be it. I don't want to moderate the Pedro Pascal subreddit. <laughs> I don't want. I would it. rather put a gun in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love I love those girls. Shout out to the Pedro Pascal subreddit. But I don't want to manage that. I don't yeah. want to manage. It sounds it, like a lot. That's level politics <laughs> unseen yeah. since the Reagan administration. Um. <laughs> I can be found on Twitter, Jack A. Draper, Letterbox, Jack Draper 7. Uh, writing on film is at the Boston Hassle. This movie is not available to stream anywhere. Uh, it's kind of weird. No, it's available on Netflix. Um, next episode is a film that I speak for Clay, but myself, I've been wanting to do since we started this thing four fucking years ago. And it has finally been chosen. First reformed. Mm. We're doing it. a movie um, I saw before Jack. I uh, have. Who cares? You uh, do. It's... You texted me saying "fuck you," and I told you that. I did. I. Yes. Oh. Okay. What? Fun. I didn't even Fun? really know the movie before I watched it, and you were like "fuck you." I. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. I did. I don't. I don't remember that. But uh, so your Soraya Sabgadi is going to be here. Musician Soraya Sukati from mm-hmm. Nightfall, and uh, we we are very excited. Uh, one of one of the greatest films to come out in our lifetime. Uh, yeah, I own I own a hat like the hat from the movie in the souvenir shop. I paid nice, a twenty four fifty dollars for yeah yeah did yeah. it cost you like a thousand dollars like did it you know like it a month's rent like, was taken out for the merch it was it was fifty dollars um, uh, sure, okay sure, sure. and I'm yeah. close to spending more money because a twenty four dropped this Priscilla merch oh my god and I'm like okay. tempted <laughs> they are a movie distribution company. Um, everyone can follow me at Birds of Clay on Twitter and on Instagram and on Letterbox. Follow me, or no, I just said all the following the shit. Never mind. Um, good. Follow us at Exiting Through the Twenty Tens at at ETT Pod on Twitter. Um, you could send us an email at Exiting Through the Two Thousand Tens at Gmail dot com. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. Give us five stars on any podcast platform you listen to us on too. We'd greatly appreciate it. Uh. Retweet, share us with a friend. We, I always come up with something to say, run up to someone in the middle of the street too, and then say, listen to Exiting 2010s. But right now, not one is coming to me. Oh, yes. Okay. Put on your backwards cap, run up to someone in the middle of the street, take it off, show your luxurious hair, then put it back on and say, hey, go listen to Exiting Through the 2010s and then run away. Mm. Um, be good to yourselves, support to the humanitarian aid and calls for ceasefire happening uh for the you know for the horrible atrocities happening in Gaza right now. 
send us an email to representative, send an email to representative, donate money, do what you have to do, educate yourself. Um, and as always, be good to yourselves and we will catch you next time on exiting through the 2010s. Bravo. Bravo. That was a little clunky for me, but... Mm -hmm.